This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And we are ready to go. Once again, the Employment Hour, your phone calls. Yeah, phone lines are open, star 9898 on cell as well. We are a busy, busy, busy night again. we got lots of stuff to get through, but as we always start with the week that was. How was it, pal? Hey, Johnny, thank you very much. And listen, if you've not heard our show before, if you don't know what we're here to do, we're here to talk about employment law, talk about your workplace rights. If you have an issue in the workplace, something's happened to you, your boss is mistreating you, you're being harassed, uh, you're not being accommodated, maybe you lost your job. Well, this is the time, this is the place, this is the hour, the employment hour. We're here to talk about all that stuff and then much more. I'm an employment lawyer. Uh, I, I, do a t- uh, I do a radio show you know, here once a week, but I spend the rest of my time in my office helping people, working uh, and ensuring that uh, employment law rights are enforced. And uh, don't be shy, don't be bashful. Listen, we ha- mm-hmm. we're here for the full hour. Take advantage. And to get us warmed up, ready, and, and, and just good to go, let me talk about a couple of situations, John, that came across my desk over the past week and, and the week that was. Now, as you know, John, I always say that generally speaking, an employer can let an employee go at any time and pretty much for any reason. And usually it's just a matter of severance. It's a matter of compensation. But there's exceptions to this rule. There are situations where an employer is actually not allowed to let an employee go. And, and those two matters I'm going to tell you about have something to do with that. So in the first situation, involved a, a, a young lady that called me. Now, she had been uh, working for a company for a couple of years, but over the past few months, she started being mistreated and harassed by her right. direct manager. Uh, and you know, she tried to ignore it. Things uh, didn't improve. Uh, she, she tried to kind of you know, turn the other cheek, but things got it worse. So eventually, she did the right thing. She went and she spoke to the HR manager, and, and she, she told him about it and asked them to do something about it. Uh, about three days passed, and she gets called into a meeting. She assumed the meeting is to talk about what they found out and how they're going to deal with her complaint, except what happens is they hand her a termination letter. And they say to her, well, you know, we know this looks bad, but just so you know, this has nothing to do with your harassment complaint. We simply eliminated your position. This is a larger restructuring. It has nothing to do with your or this complaint. Uh, it's all above board. It's just bad timing is all it is, and and you know we wish you all the best. Now she probably would have believed them, John, that this is all legitimate, except not two days after that meeting, uh, she finds her job posted online for the same job that they supposedly mm-hmm. eliminated. All of a sudden, they're posting online for a replacement. So that's when she calls me and she says, "What ha- what gives here, Lior?" I filed a harassment complaint with HR. They let me go, telling me that the job is eliminated, but now I see them hiring for the same position. Whoa, yeah. whoa, is this allowed? Is this wrong? Well, John, I, I hope that you and by, by now our listeners know what I'm about to say, and that is you can't let someone go because they filed a harassment complaint. That's illegal. That's what we call a reprisal. You're mm-hmm. punishing them for trying to enforce their legal rights. Now, Clearly, this had something to do with that because they lied. The company, when they said they eliminated the position, they did not eliminate the position. They're hiring for that position, which stands to reason that probably the reason she was let go was because of the harassment complaint. So not only is the severance that they offered her completely inadequate, they offered her one month's pay. I assessed her as being owed about four or five months' pay. 
She's also owed potentially additional damages because of the reprisal. And this company is going to feel the pain, so to speak, because of what they did. And I want our listeners to know that you should always feel comfortable. You should always feel empowered to file harassment complaints. The employer has a strict duty not only not to punish you for uh, for it, but they have to investigate. They have to uh, take measures. They have to fix the problem. And you should know that your employer is going to do that. And if your employer doesn't do that, if they ignore your harassment complaint, if they don't uh, investigate, and certainly if they let you go because you filed a harassment complaint, that's wrong, that's illegal, you have to give me a call as soon as possible. Uh, the law does come down pretty hard, John, on employers to do that. 604-280-9898, the uh, station number, and uh, ready to go here with your phone calls. Lines are wide open. What else you got going on? Second matter, John, again, bad reasons to let someone go. A gentleman mm-hmm. called me. He's an older uh, gentleman. He's in his uh, early 60s. And he's, he worked in a plant environment, but recently uh, he had suffered uh, some, some back problems, some knee problems, and his uh, uh, doctor said that for the next few months he needs to work some reduced hours. That while he gets better in treatment and physiotherapy, the doctor wanted him to work instead of five days a week, only three days a week. Right. So he provided that note to his, uh, his employer, and after a few days, the employer said, we need to think about that. The employer calls him into a meeting and says, we need you to work full-time. If you can't work full-time, there's no job here for you, so you have to decide. If you don't work full-time, we have to let you go. And that's when he called me, and he wanted to know, can they do this? I, I just need a few months to get better. So the answer to that, John, is an employer has a duty to accommodate. That's under our human rights legislation here in BC. So if the employer says, I'm not going to accommodate, I'm not going to allow you to work uh, part-time or for, for a few days a week uh, while you get better, that's illegal. That's a violation of the human rights code, which means uh, that they can't let him go because of it. So in this situation, if the company doesn't back, back off and if they don't accommodate him, he has recourse. So I want everyone to understand that if you have physical limitations, maybe you've been injured, uh, maybe you have a medical condition, and you need help from your employer, they have to provide that help. It's not up to them to say, we don't want to, it's too difficult. Even if it is difficult, your employer has to provide that accommodation. Our human rights laws are based on this principle, this duty to accommodate. And in this case, again, an employer that tried to let someone go because they needed accommodation, they absolutely should know, should know better. And I'll make sure that his rights, one way or another, are going to be enforced. You simply want to ask a question about your job, your severance. Maybe it's a friend at work. Maybe you have a similar situation to what Lior is talking about. Phone lines are open, by the way, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. And an interesting tool, I know we refer to it several times every show, severance pay calculator. Give us some details on that one. You know, John, you may be walking into an HR meeting, uh, meeting with an HR person, and you handed the severance offer, and, and you know it says, here's what we're going to offer you. How do you know if that's proper? Right. Well, you can't go to the government. You can't. We've just talked about that before on past show. We'll talk about it again in the future. Government can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. So how do you find out? Well, you can always call me, but if it's uh, midnight on a Saturday and you're curious and you need to know right now, well, guess what? You go to severancepaycalculator.com and you find out it takes 10 seconds. You answer three questions about your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out right there on the spot how much severance you're owed. It's a free tool. It's extremely simple to use. It's anonymous. There's no strings attached. And even if you haven't lost your job and you have, you don't have a severance offer, 
but you're worried about your job, or maybe you're just curious, or, or your friend down the hall lost his job, or your, your right. parent, severancepaycalculator.com is the place to go every time. We'll get to a call before we uh, take a break here. Slide one in. And uh, Michael, good evening. How are you, pal? Yeah, hi. Thanks very much for taking my call. No worries. Uh, What's going on? I just wanted to follow up to your your guest's uh, previous uh, uh, comment with regards to doctor's note. Um, I know that I'm going down to see my doctor tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what's going to come out of that, uh, but I do know that it may... Uh, I, I went through an experience. Yeah, I had a lot of work pressure and whatnot. I went through an experience where um, I had a medical condition uh, that I'm going to find out about tomorrow, obviously. But right. but my question, I guess, is is if it comes down to the point where um, uh, some of my some of my sight because of this condition um, dra- dramatically reduced out of my right eye that I've noticed. Uh, and if he says, "Well, geez, look, I mean, you're, you're a danger to driving on the road," um, and if it comes down to a point where I go to my employer saying, "Look, I can't really do the job on the road. I can do I can do what I can do it in my home office or whatever the case may be." Um, but if the, if the if you say that it's a human rights thing, if the employer goes, right. "No, we need you to work." Okay, uh, and and therefore, if you can't do that, then you know we can't have you on board. And if it comes down to human rights thing, I mean, how 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 expensive is that process to go through the human rights board? Because I know that that takes an, an inordinate amount of time to go through sure. that process. So so let, let's break this down first of all, Michael. In terms of the employer's obligation, if in fact you can't do the job that that you've been hired to do, but presumably you could do something else. As I said before, your employer has to accommodate. And even if it's not easy, even if it's not, you know, they have to kind of stretch a bit to accommodate, they have that duty. Now, at some point, it may be so difficult and so unreasonable to accommodate mm-hmm. that they don't have to do it. But short of that, they have a duty to accommodate. And if they refuse, as I said, it's a human rights violation. Now, the good news is that in many situations, we actually don't have to engage in the human rights process. What I mean by that is oftentimes a letter from me may resolve the matter. Say, here's the issue. We're, you know, If we can't resolve it, we're going to have to file a human rights complaint. Uh, and, and, and in many cases, you know, 7 out of 10, potentially we can resolve it. And even in cases that have to go through the human rights process, oftentimes there's mechanisms that allow us to resolve it quickly. It's very rare, Michael, that a case has to go all the way through to a hearing. Okay, So in most cases, the matters can resolve quickly, sometimes even within a few weeks. So it's not a complicated process. And, and I think your call is very important because I don't want you or any of our listeners to not pursue legal rights because you're worried about the process. Uh, in many, many cases, in most cases, when it comes to employment law rights, if you have a lawyer that knows what he or she is doing, that process is not long, it's not complicated, and it can lead to excellent results. So uh, moving forward, Mike, I'm going to give you a number here to call. Uh, now that we're taking a break here, it is Lior's number, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. We will take a short break and back into your phone calls. Lots of uh, open lines here, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. It is the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. 
And we got uh, lots of stuff to get through here tonight. As always, the phone lines are wide open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to talk to Lior, you want to get your question answered, you maybe just got a severance offer in front of you, you want to know if it's correct, or you have a feeling you're getting that spidey sense that maybe something is uh, is awry at the workplace, give us a call, let Lior talk you through it, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out in that regard. In the meantime, talking about, uh, in fact, we're going to answer some recent questions Lior got from his clients about termination of severance. We keep these because they're uh, most of them are key questions, so I'll just get into these, and you can start answering forthwith. So the first one, when Lior gives his assessment of a person's severance, how accurate is that assessment, and is it, quote-unquote, the law? That's right, John. Thank you. And, and you know, we, we always take a lot of questions. On the show, I take lots of questions in my office, and I wanted to, to bring up here today on this show some, some questions that I get sometimes that, that may not be obvious and some things that... We may not get always a chance to discuss, and people may wonder and, uh, and answer those questions to hopefully help demystify some of the questions and issues that people have with respect to termination of employment and severance. So the first one, as you just brought up, has to do with, you know, when I provide assessment of someone's severance, how much severance is someone owed? Uh, is that accurate? Is that the law? Well, let's start with the second part of the question. Yes, it yeah. is the law. Uh, when I provide an assessment based on a person's age, position, and length of employment, it is the law because what I'm doing is assessing what would happen hypothetically. If we were standing in front of a judge, asking the judge to determine what would the judge provide. And I can call on 150 years of case law uh, and, and court decision to, to tell me, to, to help me understand what those entitlements are. Because I've been doing this a long time. I don't need to actually open the physical law book and look at cases. I, I, I know what those cases say just based on experience. But it is the law, and the employer has to comply with it. It's not something that the employer can say, well, we only want to pay X. If the law, what we call our common law, says you should pay someone 24 months, seven, then that's what you have to pay. Now, in terms of accuracy, the best I could do when I provide an assessment is give someone a range. Because if we were to stand in front of five judges asking them, how much does this same person get? We may get different results from the five judges, but they would all be within the same range. So some judge may say six months, some may say seven, some may say eight. So there'll be a range. No judge is going to say 24 months, and another judge right. is going to say one month. So when I provide an assessment, I may say you're old six to eight months severance, or eight to 10, or 22 to 24. But yes, that is accurate. That is the law. Not only can I do that, not, not only can an employment lawyer do that, you could do that yourself right now at any time just by going to severancepaycalculator.com. And you want to go to vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca to check out the website, get more information when we're not here on the air. The phone line 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell are wide open to talk to you. Talking about recent questions that have come by your desks through listeners and through clients alike. Um, does you know taking legal action against my former employer means uh, taking them to court necessarily? That's a very good question. And I, and I was talking to, uh, earlier on the show with the caller with Michael about the, the human rights process. And, and yeah. a lot of people think that uh, if I'm going to engage a lawyer, I, I'm going to court. And I don't, do I want to go to court? Do I not? So, so let's make it very clear. In employment law cases, it is very, very rare to go to court. Only one, maybe two percent of cases ever make it to court. That's that's not common. That's extremely rare. So if I'm going to handle a hundred cases this year, I'll handle a lot more. But let's say it was a hundred cases, only one of them probably is actually going to go to court. So no, pursuing your legal matter does not mean you're going to court. 
in the majority of cases, not only do you not need to go to court, but you can resolve the matter without actually any formal legal action. You can resolve the matter simply by sending a letter. I would send a letter, engage the company in the discussion and the negotiation, and resolve the matter that way. But even in situations where we have to take formal legal action because we can't uh, resolve it uh, without it, even that's not going to go to court in almost every case. It's going to resolve, it's going to settle, and usually very quickly. So the message here, just as I was telling Michael earlier, I don't want people to be afraid of going to court. I don't want people to think, well, I'm not going to speak to an employment lawyer because I don't want to go to court. I understand why you don't want to go, go, uh, go to why you don't want to go to court, but you don't have to go to court. We can resolve the matter without it in almost every case. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. Don't don't be afraid of the process. Don't be afraid of the legal system. It really is quite good when it comes to employment law rights. And I think there's really two reasons for that. The number one reason is because they know whatever the amount is, it's not right uh, compared to what you say in your severance pay calculator, what they should be getting, what they're entitled to. And number two, going to court, let's face it, for a, for a, a firm is expensive. It's not necessary. Why would they do something if it's not it necessary? And, and you know what, John? There's another reason. When it comes to employment law rights, usually the law is not complicated. So it's not right. going to be usually a lot of disagreement in terms of what does someone actually get. So because of that, we can resolve matters. You know, maybe the company wants to pay eight months instead of ten months. Uh, so maybe we settle at nine or nine and a half. But but usually speaking, it's easy to resolve matters. It's not controversial. It's not complicated. Uh, and so many times, my gosh, I've spoken with people after they realized they they walked away from their rights, and I asked them, well, why didn't you why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call an employment yeah. lawyer? Well, I was I didn't want to go to court. Well, that's such a, a wrong way to look at it. You don't need to go to court. You almost never go to court. Let's just resolve the matter. It takes uh, a very short period of time, and we can resolve matters on good terms. Outside of show hours, you need to get a hold of Lior. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Also, his number, 604-283-3123. And the phone lines are open as we go into a short break. You want to give us a call and talk, chat, get some information down, ask a question, feel free to do so. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. News Talk 980 CKNW with the Employment Hour. Your phone calls anytime, ready to take you. Right up until 6 o'clock tonight, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. And uh, Lior getting his questions, answering some of the uh, recent questions got from his clients about termination and severance, everything under that particular umbrella. So how is severance calculated? We know the uh, you know age, length of employment, and position you can use with the calculator, but how is that calculated for those who work in like very specialized industries where you know there's not a lot of jobs, say? How do you do it then? Well, you know, John, the reason why we look at age, position, and length of employment when it comes to calculating severance is because those, we believe, give us an indication as to how long it may take someone to find another job. That is really the key question we're trying to answer when we're calculating severance. How long should it take this particular person that lost their job to, to find another position? The more it should take them, or we believe it's going to take them, the more severance they get. So what flows from that is that anything at all that impacts or could impact the amount of severance that, or sorry, the amount of time it's going to take you to find another job is going to have an impact on severance. So if you work in an industry where it's, it's a very small industry, there's not a lot of jobs, there's not a lot of particular companies that work in that industry, 
that definitely means you're going to take longer or should take longer to find another job than someone else might. And that's going to increase your severance and it can increase, increase uh, significantly. It can have a huge increase on it. The same thing, by the way, applies in other situations. Maybe you have a medical condition and that medical condition uh, impacts your ability to find another job. You're not able to look for work or maybe you're, you don't think anyone's going to hire you because you have physical limitations. Well, guess what? That's going to increase your severance as well. So anything at all that could impact your severance uh, is certainly something, any, anything that's going to impact your ability to find another job is going to increase your severance. And I've spoken and worked with many people in, in many uh, small industry, maybe aviation, for example. There's not a lot of players in the aviation business. And guess what? Because it's such a small industry, because there's only you know two or three players potentially where they can go find another job, they get a lot more severance than someone else. So that's even more of a reason to seek some advice when you lose your job. And by the way, that's one of the, also the limitations of the severance calculator. The severance calculator, by definition, is limited. It's not human, so it can't assess right. everything that an employment lawyer would assess. So it's a good starting point. You always want to start with the severance calculator. But to get a full and proper and accurate assessment of what you're owed, you really have to give me a call and I can find out more about you, about your job, about your industry, and to see if there's other factors that could increase the amount of severance that you get. And by the way, at the bottom of the severance pay calculator, once you go through that quick metric, there's a button if they want to you know, get get a hold of you for more consultation, right? Absolutely. You know, you don't have yeah. to, but if you want to, right in the calculator, you can press a button there and to contact me directly if you want to. You certainly don't have to, to do that to use the calculator, but it's there. It's an option. I certainly encourage people... Uh, once they find out or, or get an assessment of what they're owed, to reach out to me, to have a chat, to, to talk, and, and find out exactly what we can do to make sure that you get everything that you're owed. And if you're interested in reaching out now, you can do that as well right here on air, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through email. You can also reach out that way as well. So if someone is a, a, a contract that prevents them from competing, say a non-compete, right, with their employer for, I don't know, 12 months, does that mean they should get 12 months severance at least or what? Well, that's, that's another very good question, another very common question that I get. Someone may lose their job and they have a non-compete in their employment agreement and say, well, I can't work now for a competitor for 12 years, 12 months or 16 months or whatever it is. Does that mean that they have to pay me severance for that period of time? Well, let's start with the fact that many, in many cases, most cases, in fact, John, a non-competition obligation is not enforceable. Our courts have said that they don't like things that prevent people from earning a living. Mm. And because of that, our courts usually don't enforce non-competition agreements. Now, in some cases, they are enforceable, but in most cases, they're not. But even if it is enforceable and you can't really work in the industry for, for 12 months, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to pay you severance, the company, for that period of time. But it does impact the amount of severance, and it does mean you're likely going to be owed more severance. So if you're going to be losing a job and the company expects you not to work for the next year, well, they're going to have to pay you for more than they would otherwise have to pay you. So that is an extremely important thing to look at. And certainly when it comes to non-competition obligations, I don't want anyone to say, ah, it's probably not enforceable, who cares, so I'm just going to go work wherever I want. Uh, You've got to be careful with these things. If you believe that you're bound by a non-competition obligation, we need to talk about it. We need to figure out, is it enforceable, is it not? Is your former employer likely to try to enforce it? 
it may be better in many cases to simply reach out to your former employer yeah. and, and agree with them that, yes, you will work somewhere, but you'll keep things confidential. You're not going to go after their clients, so you're going to give them some assurances. But on the other hand, they'll let you work wherever you want because, let's face it, we all need to earn a living, and it would be unfair to have to, to stay out without a job, uh, certainly if you've done nothing wrong. Always a good idea to give me a call. Say you take an industry such as sales, and for the last bit of your job, or at least the entire length of your job, you had a company car. What happens to that if you're let go? So a lot of people have a car, and and, and a lot of people, as part of their job, one of the persons they got a company vehicle, and they lose their job, and the question becomes, oh, crap, what happens now? Uh, do I get this car? You know, I'm using this car every day. Well, the answer, John, is the car has to be included as part of severance. Uh, if you have a car that you drive, that's part of your compensation. If it's a company car, which means the company has to allow you to continue driving that car, to continue using that car for the severance period. Whether that severance period is six months or 12 months or 18 months, whatever it is, they have to allow you either to keep the car or they have to add an additional payment that would that could be used by you if you want to uh, to lease another car. So let's say they'll say, okay, we'll take the car, but we'll add another $500 a month, as an example, which you can use if you want to lease another car. So the same thing, by the way, John, if an employee gets a car allowance. Right. They don't get a company vehicle, but they get, I don't know, $1,000 car allowance a month as part of their compensation. Well, if you lose your job, part of your severance would have to be that the company would continue that car allowance for the severance period. Even though you're not working there anymore, even though you're now sitting at home, that car allowance would have to be included. So it's not just salary that gets included in severance. It's really all components of compensation. So car, benefits, bonuses, car allowance, uh, options, uh, uh, pension, all that has to be included. And so many times people focus on salary, forgetting that there's other elements and other components that go into calculating severance. Does that car allowance have to be used for a car during that severance period? Do you have to prove it or just your money? No, great question. The company has to pay that money. If you decide to use it for something else, not to for a car, you absolutely are allowed to do it. Uh, it's the company's obligation to pay you that money or to give you that car for the severance period. What you do with it uh, is your decision. You certainly don't have to take nice. the, the car amount and lease a car. If you already have a car, you don't need another one. You can use it for something else. There's absolutely no problem with that. Lior at employmenthour.com. Joseph writes in, says, I worked for a company for just under three months as director of sales, making about 150 k a year. They let me go and said I wasn't a good fit. They said I was on probation. Do they owe me anything? Well, first of all, for you to be on probation, you would have to have signed an employment agreement that specifically says that. And I want right. our listeners to, to understand this, that there's no such thing as automatic probation. There really isn't. The only time you're on probation is if you sign an agreement that specifically says you are on probation. So if you, if you did sign an agreement like that, fine, you're on probation. But that's not enough. If the company wants to let you go without any compensation, they would have to have an employment agreement that says that. An employment agreement that specifically says not only are you on probation employee, but if we want to let you go while you're on this probation, we can let you go without any severance. Now, that period of time where you can be let go uh, without severance can only be for three months. Yeah. So you can't be let go beyond that without severance, but it has to say that. So I would need to see the employment agreement here in order to assess whether, in fact, uh, he's on severance. He's on probation. 
But so and employers believe that there's such a thing as automatic three months uh, probation. A lot of employees believe that as well. So no, it doesn't exist. It's not automatic. And why is that important? Because if the employment agreement doesn't say those things and you are let go after a month or two months or three months, guess what? You're entitled to severance. And it's not a, a little bit of severance. You could have worked for a company for three months and it could be owed three months of severance. Short-service employees are treated disproportionately better than long-service employees. So don't assume that just because you're working for three months, you're on probation. And don't assume that just because you work for three months, you get little severance or no severance. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people that have only worked for a few months, and they were owed months severance. So please, again, use the calculator if you're not sure. Give me a call. And the analysis when it comes to probation always starts with me seeing the employment agreement. Talking about uh, popular questions that come from clients in your in your travels. Now, many superintendents get to stay for free in an apartment in the building. It's usually on the ground floor. You see it right beside the door uh, where they work. What happens with the apartment if they're let go? Man, John, I, I've I've worked with dozens of superintendents, and uh, you know, here here's what actually happens, and here's what should happen. So, a superintendent is let go. They're usually given a few days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks to clear the apartment. The, the employer, the, you know, the, the condo company would say, you know, we need this apartment, you've got to clear it out. Uh, and the superintendent is left scrambling. Holy cow, how do I find a new place? I'm going to be on right. the street. I don't, that's not enough time to find another position. Certainly we know here in the market it's not easy to find good apartments. So, so what happens there? Here's what it should happen and what should happen. Here's what the law says. Your apartment, if you're a superintendent, is part of your compensation. Which means if you lose your job, that apartment has to be, has to be part of your severance. That means the company has to continue or to allow you to continue to stay in the apartment for the severance period, whether it's six months or 12 months, or at least they have to pay you an additional amount of money, which could be used by you to rent another apartment. So they may say, here's an extra 1500 bucks a month, whatever it is, that could be used to rent a similar apartment. So they can't just let you go and throw you off on the street without compensation, without making right. or making it possible for you to rent another apartment. Uh, and I see this happen all the time. The the, the condo corporation almost never uh, deals with the apartment. That's wrong. That's a wrongful dismissal. That's illegal. So if you're a superintendent, remember, if you lose your job, you have a right to your apartment for the severance period. Guess why? Because it's part of your compensation. Just like your salary, you're taking a lesser salary because of this apartment. So that means it has to be included as part of your severance. Short break. The number six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on sale. You still got some time to call in here. Right till six o'clock to talk to us. Talk to Lior. Get your questions answered. We'll get to that and a few more emails shortly. This is the Employment Hour. It's News Talk nine eighty CKNW. Still got some time to call in and talk to us, ask a question if you would like, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Barring that, we'll get to an email or two and continue on our uh, questions from clients about uh, severance and uh, all the stuff under that topic, Lior. Now, uh, we know that an employer does not have to pay severance if an employee did something terrible that amounts to cause. If the employer finds out that the employee did do something bad, what should the employer do? So, John, cause is certainly uh, an important topic, just cause. And let's remember 
that uh, the fact that the employee may have done something wrong does not mean they can be let go for cause. And of course, cause means you're let go without any severance, without any compensation. And that's the, the ultimate punishment that someone can get. So many times I see employers pulling the trigger on a termination for cause before they should. In other words, whatever the employee did may not be bad enough to rise all the level, all the way to the level of cause. So uh, maybe you were late a few times, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's cause. And so if you are let go, you're owed full severance. But if the employee did do something very wrong, well, the first thing the employer has to do is the employer has to uh, get the facts straight. The employer has to, in fact, verify what happened, verify who was involved, and, and give the employee the opportunity to respond. So you may be sure that the employee did this awful thing, but there may be a second side to the story. There may be something you're not aware of. And so you want to ask the employee what happened, give the employee an opportunity to respond, and then make sure that the punishment is proportionate to the offense. So is, is this the type of an, of an offense or incident that the employee did that warrants the worst punishment? Or is there something else that you can do? Uh, is there a, is a warning better or maybe a suspension? You can't, you can't jump the gun. You can't, in fact... Uh, decide to terminate someone for cause when it's not appropriate. Look yeah. at the employee's past disciplinary record. Is this the first time that they did something wrong or did they do something wrong in the past? Keep all those things in consideration before you decide to terminate for cause. You only have one chance to make that call. And if you make the wrong call, guess what? That's a wrongful dismissal, John. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. We'll get to a call here. Uh, hi, Madison. How are you? Good evening. I'm good, thank you. Good. What's going on with you? Okay. Well, I have a real quick. Well, it's not really a quick mm-hmm. question, but um, I have a. I'm calling actually to uh, in my, on behalf of my wife. Several years ago, she was uh, injured on the way to work. She had been an employee of this company for over 20 years, considered to be a very, very good employee. Uh, had to go off on medical leave as a, as a result of this injury to herself, uh, actually a back injury on the way to work. So it was not technically at work, so she had to go off on medical leave. Uh, she was off for several years. In the uh, last year, actually at Christmas time, her company, actually just on December 24th, closed their doors. They shut down due to a contrived bankruptcy. They let go all of their employees, including my wife, who was already off on disability leave. Um, my wife was terminated. Uh, don't know if it was by, by cause or not. The company went into receivership and is being now dealt with by a trustee. However, um, my wife was paid zero severance of any sort. And I'm wondering what sort of a legal standing she has to claim for severance as a result of being a good employee, being off on medical leave through no fault of her own, um, and now basically just left on the street in a this, in this sense. Well. Thanks, Madison. And, and yeah, th- this is a good question. It's a terrible situation for your wife, and, and I'm really sorry to hear that. What, what, a, what an awful way to end an employment relationship. Here's the, well, the issue here, and, and that this is oh, always a problem, and that is the bankruptcy. Uh, th- when it comes to bankruptcy, employment laws essentially go out the window. What I mean by that is the laws that we have in terms of notice and severance and, and treatment of employees, uh, they, they don't apply. The, what happens when a, in a bankruptcy situation is secured creditors, usually it's the bank, they get paid, 
and the employees and, and potentially other creditors don't get paid anything. So essentially all employees, including your wife, irrespective of whether they're good employees or not good employees, long service employees, short service employees, uh, they're what we call unsecured creditors, which means yeah. if there's any money left after the banks get paid, then maybe, maybe the employees will get something. Usually they don't get anything. And beyond that, here's the, the other big problem here is that uh, you can't actually pursue them. So you say, well, let me just take legal action against them. Whenever there's a bankruptcy, there's almost like there's this dome, this shield over a company, which means you can't take legal action against them. They're immune from that. So bankruptcy is probably the only situation in employment law that I'm aware of when there's actually no recourse, whether it's receivership or bankruptcy. For our discussion, it's the same thing. So unfortunately, Madison, there's going to be no real real action, no real recourse that your wife has despite this very difficult situation, and I am very sorry to have to say that. We'll uh, take it for another week, my friend. Action-packed and full of information. You need more information from Lior now that the show is done until uh, until next week. A couple different ways you can do that. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And you can also call 604-283-3123. Please do. And severancepaycalculator.com. You'll want to find out what the correct amount of severance should be for your situation, whether looking ahead or if it's happening right now. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. And that will fill you in completely. Van VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca is the website. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.